The Free for All Roundtable. Round two. On round two today, Tamara Cherry is here with Pickup Communications. Bob Reed, principal at BroadwayStrategy.com and the man behind Touchdowns and Fumbles, heard on Jerry's show on Fridays. Lindsay Broadhead is here as well, strategic communications and public affairs advisor. And I want to uh, shift things up. We'll get to the budget shortly, but something we didn't touch on in round one, but I do want to talk about now with all of you, and especially because, Tamara, you've always been an advocate for victims. Um, There's two stories that kind of come together a degree today, but they're both about how things have fallen apart in mental health, uh, the administration of justice, policing, and in particular, uh, release programs. So what I'm talking about is a Quebec police officer whose killer apparently had a long history of violence and mental health problems, and also the Kiel subway stabber alleged was wanted in Newfoundland, was actually involved in some sort of an altercation in Newfoundland that was an outstanding warrant. And Tamara, I'll start with you on this one. One of the problems we have in Canada is we don't have a bounty hunter system like they do in the States. So you can be wanted, but unless the police are running around looking for you or you've got facial recognition uh, technology, you're basically at large for good. Well, it depends. It depends what you're wanted for, John. So when you look at uh, the man that was wanted, for example, in Newfoundland, I believe that he was wanted for a breach of probation. Um, I don't think that there was a lot of like violence, violence in his past. And so while um, he obviously allegedly posed a significant risk, risk, he wouldn't have necessarily been a priority for the grossly understaffed police department that Toronto has. That said, when you talk about um, bounty hunters, you know, some of the favorite stories, the favorite stories that I did when I was a reporter in Toronto were, uh, were about the Fugitive Squad. And that is that, that, you know what, they're located in like a sort of nondescript building in the city's East End, and they are Busy, busy, busy. This is Future Squad and Rope Squad. They are like their full time job is tracking down people who are wanted. It is considered, you know, like one of the best jobs in the service because you don't you don't do like the investigative part. You're just going and arresting people and then, you know, sending them back to where they're wanted through the courts, of course. So there are people doing that work in Toronto, but. I fear that when we focus on this, like I heard Doug Ford's comments about, you know, we got to lock people up, all that, you know, the, 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 the hard line criminal justice stuff, it's missing the point. Let it, let us all listen to the mother of the teenage boy who was murdered over the weekend and throw services at people with mental health issues. We, we can't be, you know, it's it's not a matter of people doing their time and being released, especially when there's mental health issues, which I would argue there probably are in most criminal justice cases that move through the courts. There needs to be wraparound support. There needs to be support that ensures that these people are taken care of so that society is taken care of. And it infuriates me beyond belief that it always takes these horribly tragic events, both in Quebec and in Toronto, to get us talking about this. But then we also get into the politicking about, you know, we need tougher bail and bail reform and all these things. Yes, that's important for certain things, but that is not what this story is about. We need to be taking care of our mentally ill if we want to be taking care of ourselves and each other. Okay, well, let me turn to Lindsay Broadhead, your reaction to that, because my initial reaction is, yes, I want all of the mental health programs that we can possibly offer, but I'm also thinking this is a titanic panic and extraordinarily expensive exercise. Yeah, it does connect nicely story-wise to the budget as well, right? Yeah. Like we 
We want everything and and we deserve everything, but we can't afford everything. And I think these are such emotional times, you know, when we're having real conversations with our kids and family members about, you know, honey, is it safe to go on the subway today? You know, these are conversations that aren't part of, knock on wood, our, our dialogue often. And our instinct is to throw the gauntlet down and do something similar to what, you know, Premier Ford did and said, enough's enough, like this, let's just have a a blanket point of view. Let's be black and white on this. This isn't a black and white issue. There is a sea of gray and we have to make incremental good movements forward. We're never going to be able to capture every criminal and house them in a box for their whole lives. That helps no one, right? We have to make incremental steps forward. So yes, let's be emotional, but let's channel it in a way that is actually functional and feasible and, and, and and starts to make incremental change, which I know is frustrating. Uh, we want big change, but incremental change, I think, is the only way forward. Yeah, Bob Reed, I can't speak to the actual mental challenges of the other two people I mentioned, but I was telling the story yesterday because we had the result not criminally responsible for the guy who stabbed a caretaker outside of a mosque. And he had been hearing voices. He says he was ordered to go and kill somebody by spirit angels or however he described it. And I just thought, this guy should not be at large. No, I shouldn't. And the, the, the seeds for this were sown back in the late 80s, early 90s, when there was, there was a fundamental change. And I believe it was a, it, it was a court ruling that, uh, that, that, that required the change. But essentially, it, it led to a situation where even though there are people with uh, serious mental illnesses who do pose a danger, a significant potential danger you can't just intervene on them you can't you you can't make them go into treatment you can't make them go into any kind of secure facility and so i th i think these are chickens that are coming home to roost from way back when i think that needs a whole other reassessment to look at that um, we do talk way more about mental illness and and the challenges that poses right across society which is a good thing and we need to get more serious, I think, about resources that are put into it. And, and my last point, John, is with with respect to this this horrible, horrible killing of, of this teenager in, in the subway station, uh, which connects back to the other extreme violent situations that, that we've seen on transit, which which connects back to uh, a, a whole host of, of issues. All we've been hearing is these are complex issues. There's no there's no magic wand that makes it all go away, which is true. If there was, somebody would have waved it by now. But we can't just say, oh, these are complex, multifaceted issues that uh, require action on multiple fronts. Okay, we get that. Yeah, do it. Why aren't we seeing it? Yeah, mm -hmm. let's have a discussion. Let's see somebody put together the summit meeting, the task force, the people with expertise in all of those different areas get them talking and come up with an action plan that we can move forward on instead of just throwing up our hands and saying it's really complicated there are a lot of factors at play. we we need to fundamentally change the way that we deliver social services in this country we need to start looking at it in a way that we are meeting people where they are we have to understand that there's a lot of people in this country with mental illness and addictions issues that have a fundamental distrust in the most important institutions that exist such as healthcare. And if we start looking at, you know, what do you need? Where are you at 
in life, I think that we can break down those barriers and then actually get people the help that they need. But you know what, Bob? I really like that proposal. I mean, I'm just sort of blue skying the idea. A one-day summit of all three levels of government, all relevant ministers and civil servants, and, and action items by 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, listen, let's talk about the budget. Lindsay Broadhead, I'll start with you on it, and I'm going to do the same thing I did on round one, which is I could direct you to any one budget envelope, uh, but I'd prefer to hear your overall impression, what you liked, what you didn't like. Sure. Um, and it, it was a mixed bag of chips, uh, for sure. Um, it, in just bullet points here, um, I think it was an absolute wing for the NDP and uh, Jagmeet Singh, um, the $13 billion price tag on uh, dental is huge. Um, so depending on where you sit on that issue, it's either a, a, a big win or a big gouge. The $40 billion in deficit, I think, is shocking. Uh, not surprising, but shocking, uh, because I, it, that's something that's going to be hard to recover from uh, regardless. And it's hard to recover from because we are not making any money. And I've, I've said this on the show many times, um, there are some signals in that budget that are, are positive in the economic space, uh, specifically the investments toward the climate economy. Um, it's not just a cost, the climate. It's actually something that uh, we can lead on and we're showing great strides forward to leaning on. So those were excellent programs, I think, that the government has put forward there. Um, and then the biggest gap um, for me was the lack of investment uh, in Toronto. We generate 20% of the country's GDP. Uh, that needs to be heard. And it needs to be heard in a really meaningful way from different levels of government. And, and that was a complete failing uh, on that piece. And then finally, the housing file. Big mess. I, like, I can hear the song already. We are Toronto. Hear us roar. Uh, Tamara Cherry, your thoughts? I agree with everything that Lindsay said. You can just go on to Bob because I think that was uh, it was well put. That is my analysis, also. Bob, last word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to object to that. I do. I do think Lindsay ticked uh, ticked all the boxes. Um, here are a couple things that trouble me about it. One is this is a very very big spending budget as a result of we've got a liberal government that has cut a deal with the NDP to keep them in power, and clearly they are going to do everything they can to maintain that arrangement. Uh, that's all well and good, but we didn't vote for a liberal NDP coalition, but we're all going to pay for it in big ways. Uh, none of uh, everything that's in the budget that's getting an injection of cash, they're all noble causes. They're all good priorities. But the question every government has to look at if they're going, going to be truly responsible is, can we afford to do that much on all of these different files? And Lindsay touched on the deficit. It's going up by 10 billion dollars in this budget and that's we are we're already spending 34 35 billion on debt service charges in this current fiscal year alone which is more than we spend on child care it's more than we spend on employment insurance it's it's way too much that is going to be huge problems in the future thank you all tamara cherry lindsey broadhead bob reed great talk Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845, weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.